We're so glad that you've joined us today on the Relevant Church Podcast. There's so much God wants to do in and through you as you listen to today's message. If you want to learn more about Relevant Church, visit us online at thisisrelevant.cc. So uh, how many guys remember when you were sibling something and you had to deliver news to your siblings and it was the most fun thing ever because it always was to showcase the authority that mom and dad had put in your hands. So it was like, hey, it's time for you to go to bed. Mom said it's time for you to go to bed. Or maybe your sibling is on the phone. You're like, hey, it's time for you to get off the phone. Mom said it's time for you to get off the phone and go to bed. And it felt really good because you felt like you were coming with this authority from mom and dad. But when you grew up the way I did, there was something called landlines. And these were the best ever things for every little brother and every little sister because it was the best way to show your authority and get on your sibling's nerves. Sibling is on the phone with said boyfriend or girlfriend. Mom says, hey, tell them it's time to get off the phone and go to sleep. What did you do? go pick up the other line. Hey, mom said it's time for your bedtime and you need to get off the phone right now. Get off the phone. Oh my gosh. I can't believe you're doing that. It was the greatest thing. Just inflicting that torture was amazing. It was so fun being able to pass on this message. But the older you get, you realize that passing on the message and being the middleman is not really that fun. Because now they start getting mad at you for something that mom and dad told you to do. Hey, go tell them it's time for them to go do the dishes. And you're like, oh, man, I know what they're going to say to me when I get there. Hey, mom said do the dishes. Leave me alone. I don't want to talk to you right now. You're like, dude, don't get mad at me. I'm just telling you what they said. When you get older, you realize that passing on the message is no longer fun. And then when you get into your adult years, you definitely don't want to be in the middle of somebody's conversation. Because the repercussions always come back on you for some odd reason. Well, I heard you say, no, 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 I didn't say that. They said that. So now people are like, hey, you know, I really just don't feel like having a conversation. Would you relay this message? No, the devil's a lie. You relay that message because I know it's going to come back on me. Mm -mm, I get it in the middle of your mess. You don't want to relay that message because you don't want to be the middleman because chances are you're going to get wrapped up in something crazy. And at the end of the day, these two are going to reconcile and become best friends. And then they're going to both hate you. Anybody been in that situation? (laughs) Where you're like, oh my gosh, I was just the messenger. Why did you hate me for? But it's interesting because kids will teach you something now. Kids will teach you something. Uh, When you have a good message to send, that's the best feeling in the world. When you've got a good message to deliver, it does something inside of you. You're excited. My son, we did his room on his birthday a, a year ago or so. Isaiah, we did his room, and and Elijah was around, and he saw what the room looked like, and he was so excited to deliver the good news to his brother that his room has redone. So we're like, all right, we're going to do the big reveal for Isaiah, and Elijah's like, ooh, ooh, can I be the one to tell him? Can I be the one to tell him? Because delivering good news is so fun. It's so fun. There's something that happens inside of us where we're excited to deliver some good news, and we learn that. At the end of the day, good news does good for the other people, but it also does good for us as well, too. That's why many of us are eager to tell good news like Sarah. Sarah can't keep a good secret. 
When something good is about to happen, I don't tell Sarah anymore. Sarah's our ministry coordinator. She's also our connections director. I guess that's why, because she likes to connect with people and spill the beans. You have something good happening in the office or something good is happening to somebody and like, are you going to tell them about that thing? They're standing right here, Sarah. Really? She's excited to tell good news, but good news is good for the receiver, but it's also good for the giver. This is a few statements that has been shared across research. Nathaniel Lambert from Brigham Young University says this, the research shows that discussing positive experience leads to heightened well-being, increased overall life, and satisfaction, even more energy. Good news is good for the people who are sharing it as well as the people who are receiving it. Charlotte brought an author and a poet. She observed this. She says, happiness unshared can scarcely be called happiness. It has no taste. Because if something tastes good and if you like food, somebody, amen, like half of the relevant people here, I see you. When something tastes good, you want to tell somebody about it. When something's tasteless, you forget about it in just a moment. And then there was another research done in San Diego at the University of California. And it says, according to a two-decade-long study conducted by researchers, it says, happiness is not only highly contagious, but online communities, for all the Facebook haters out there, online communities may actually magnify the intensity of global emotional synchrony. We can change the entire landscape of humanity by sharing good news. Because good news is great for the receiver, but it's also good for the giver as well, too. And how many of you guys know that as Christians, we've got the best news to share? We've got what's called the good news. And what is the good news? It's simply this. Humanity sucks. Because God created a perfect humanity, created a perfect man and woman, set them in a perfect garden, gave them everything that they would ever need, and then this sneaky old serpent came and said, hey, you want to be like God? Don't do what he told you to do. Go ahead and eat this fruit because it's tasty and it is going to make you smart. And all of us being dumb took the fruit and we ate it. And we're still eating it. And how many of us have got ourselves in situations because we ate the fruit we shouldn't have ate? We did the thing that we shouldn't have done because humanity has this bent towards sin and it created this chasm of distance between us and a heavenly perfect father who created us. And now we couldn't stand in the presence of God without being consumed so much so that God would only speak to people through prophets or through other individuals or who of other holy men. Humanity trembled when they thought God was going to get close. We were messed up. We were destined for one place, hell, and eternity and separation from God. Scripture tells us there is no one good. No, not one. Every thought for humanity was bent to sin, but Jesus. Seeing this chasm between us and God, seeing there's no bridge back to God, decided to step off the throne of eternity. God decided to leave heaven and come and be with us on earth. A messed up, dirty, sinful earth. A holy God entered the womb of a young virgin. Was born and lived the life like we all lived, except he lived it perfectly. 
And then because our due punishment was death and eternal separation from God, he says, you know what? I'll take the fall. I'll take the hit. I will take on their sin. I'll take on all of their shame. I'll take on all of their pain. I'll take on all of the righteous, wrathful judgment of God, and I'll put it on my back. Then I'll go to the cross, and I'll allow myself to be beaten, stripped, mocked, jeered, stabbed, crucified, the worst form of capital punishment known to man. All because my God loves them. And I want to reconcile them back to God. And then three days later, he rose again, showing that the debt was paid, that there's no longer any separation. There's no longer condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And you and I, no matter what we've done, no matter where we've been, no matter what we've been through, can now enter the throne room of God and say, my God, my God. And all the blessings that are due for Jesus are now due on us. Now we are reconciled into eternity. We don't have to look to hell and eternal punishment. Now we look for heaven and eternal glory and get to know Jesus. Why'd you do that? Why was I that important? We're reconciled to God in a relationship. And because of that, the writer in in 2 Corinthians, Paul, who was an individual who was far from God, who is out trying to eradicate all Christians, has an encounter with Jesus. Remember, Jesus changes everything. And his life is transformed. Because of Jesus' influence over his life, he becomes the foremost evangelist and brand ambassador for Christianity, for Jesus. And he he shares this word about what happened to us when we came into faith to Jesus. Verse 17, it says this, therefore, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Thank you, God, because my past is garbage. Behold, the new has come. Verse 18, all this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that is in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses or their sins against them and entrusting to us, the believers, the message of reconciliation. And then there's one key statement here in verse 20 that we just want to hang this sermon on. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. Anybody know what an ambassador is? An ambassador is a high-ranking official of a sovereign state that has been given full power and authority and placed in a foreign land. Y'all should be shouting because we are ambassadors for Christ. We are high-ranking officials imbued with full power, placed on a foreign land to represent a sovereign nation called heaven. And our King Jesus has sent us on mission. And what do ambassadors do when they're in this land? They do a couple of things. So I was doing a little research. My aunt was actually an ambassador. So I kind of have an idea of what ambassadors do. Ambassadors, they protect their citizens in a foreign land. 
So when you've got an embassy, so we've got the U.S. embassy in a foreign land. When you step into the U.S. embassy, you're technically on U.S. soil. Whether you're in Geneva, whether you're in Africa, whether you're in wherever you're at. When there's an issue with with a U.S. citizen overseas, they can appeal to the U.S. ambassador. Another thing that they really help is they help individuals who are in foreign nations travel and make sure that their visas and everything is in order. Make sure that they have safe passage to and from the country. How many of you guys know that we are all travelers on this land, on this foreign land? We are here temporarily, and God has called us to be ambassadors in, on earth because we have fellow travelers, some of them who are stuck here, stuck in a situation that they don't understand. And when we open the doors of the church or when we encounter them every single day, we have the opportunity to say to, to individuals, like Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Let me help you get back to where you're supposed to be. Ambassadors help individuals in the traveling process. Here at Relevant Church, we say we're all on a journey. And we invite anybody, no matter where they are in life, to go ahead and join the journey with us. We're all headed in one direction, but we're here to walk alongside each other. Another thing that ambassadors do, they support the prosperity of both nations, both the nation that they're in and the nation that they're coming from. Because most places where there's a, an embassy, there's some sort of trade happening. There's such, some sort of economic agreement that's going on. And the ambassador's role is to make sure it's good for our land and it's good for the land that they're in. In Scripture, in Jeremiah, there's a word that's given to individuals that God has placed in a foreign land. It simply says this. I believe it's Jeremiah 29, 7. He says, seek the peace and the prosperity of the land that I've put you exile in. Pray for it to God. And in its welfare, you will find your welfare. That's why at Relevant Church, we say we want to make a tangible difference in our community, region, and world. Because we understand that if we are here as representatives of God, God has sent us to a mission to make everywhere we're at better. We're not supposed to, you know, Christians have a bad rap of ruining everything when people walk in. Christians have this, like, we're, we're the downers. We're the ones who's like, oh, you can't do that. It's not holy. You can't go there. We're known as the you can't people. But scripture says, this, listen, we are ambassadors to a nation making this situation happen. We are seeking the peace and the prosperity. So we're going to look for ways that we can innovate and be creative and make sure all around us, whether they're black, white, whether they're a Jew, Christian, whether they're whatever, we're going to go and make their lives better. And through that, hopefully, they will see the sovereignty of Christ in it and say, hey, there is something different about you. Ambassadors make a difference wherever they're at. And one of the last things that they do is they work towards peace. And here's the deal. We've got a dying world. We've got people who are stuck in depression. Who are stuck in bad situations in their homes. People who are dealing with all types of addictions. People who are dealing with all types of unrest in their life. People who are dealing with all types of issues. And scripture says we are ambassadors for Christ. 
supposed to bring peace to individuals. Peace, he says, I leave with you. Peace, I give you. And that same peace that we get from Jesus is supposed to go right back out to everybody else. So scripture tells us this in Matthew 5, 9. Jesus says this, he says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. If we're ambassadors for Christ, everywhere we should be at should be a place of peace. Let me ask you a question. On your job, are you the one known for peace? In your home, are you the one known for peace? In your circles of influence, are you the one known for peace? Or like in the book, Quit Church, are you the individual in the space that people have known for 13 years and have no clue that you even believe in Jesus? We're ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal to humanity through us. So, how can we intentionally live out what is an ambassador in humanity, on our jobs, in our families, in our schools? We've got three ways. I just want to go through them really quickly. Point number one, if you're following along in your teaching sheet. This is what it looks like for an ambassador of Christ. Point number one, initiate positive conversations with those who you meet or are connected to. Initiate positive conversations. Don't initiate gossip. Don't initiate the drama. Initiate positive conversations. You know, here at Relevant Church, we always ask this question, how is God at work in and around you? One of the reasons we keep this in front of everybody, one of the reasons we always ask, how is God at work in and around you? Because we want you to recognize that God is at work in the big and in the small in your life. And when you can recognize God, not only in the big, but you can recognize him in the small, it doesn't matter what happens, what encounter you just had, what situation you just dealt with, who hit you when you were driving the car and you were so mad because uh, you were driving your wife's car and now she's going to say, you crashed the car and you're so terrible with cars. But the reality is I can keep peace in that situation. Yeah, I was just talking about me. I just had a moment there. Sorry, flashback, flashback. But can you keep peace? When the tragedies happen in your life, can you initiate positive conversations even when you don't feel so positive? Can you initiate positivity even when you feel low? How is God at work? Can you recognize God at work? Initiate positive conversations. Just tell other people how God is at work in your life. Tell, God, tell people how God is at work in your church. Man, we had an amazing Sunday, man. Pastor Derek sang that last song. Everybody was in tears, and it was amazing. It was like revival was breaking out in the church. Oh, really? What church you go to? I go to Relevant Church. You should come check it out sometime. Tell people the good things that are happening in your life. Spread good news, because good news is good for the receiver and for the giver. I mean, I'm not telling y'all to be weird or anything. Sitting down at work or sitting down at school at the lunch table and everybody comes around like, hey, Jose, what's going on in your mind? Just having a moment with my heavenly father, king of kings, lord of lords. He just delivered 
and downloaded some spectacular Holy Ghost anointing on me right now. I didn't say be weird, homies. I mean, just tell about the good things that are happening in your life. Tell about the life change that's happening around you. And here's the deal. We make it easy for you here at Relevant to initiate good things. We've got social media going. We've got posts that we make every single day. We've got opportunities for you to share. If you're one of those people like, I don't like talking to people. Hey, guess what? Share one of our posts that we just made. Share about the good things that are happening. And maybe one of your friends is going to look at it and be like, hey, man, that looks pretty interesting. Looks like a lot of people are coming to faith in Jesus. Hey, I've been struggling with something. You think I can come to your church? I had somebody ask me, like, hey, do you mind if I come to your church? I'm like, do I mind? Come on, brother. But it's so easy. Listen, uh, this is, uh, just, I'm trying to make this super practical in a way to just initiate good conversations. It talked about how if we are positive online, how this can literally change the globe. There's one billion people on Facebook. You've got a nation on Facebook. You've got a country on Facebook. One post can go viral in a few minutes. One post of positivity actually results in multiple shares as the post of negativity, they say. Instagram has over one million subscribers. Easy way to initiate a conversation with people. Point number two, invite everyone to experience this Sunday with you. Everyone. Listen, there's, there's nothing wrong with just saying, hey, man, uh, do you have a local church that you go to? Oh, no, I kind of don't. I've just kind of been jumping around. I, I just, I, I don't have anywhere to land real quick. Hey, why don't you come with me this Sunday? Be a bringer. Invite somebody. Invite everybody to experience Sunday with you. Because here at Relevant Church, we like to have fun. And Sundays are like a party. So when the worship team comes out, they're all like, woo, like we're going to sing for Jesus. They do like exercise aerobics. Got Jane Fonda up here. We like to have fun in church because we serve a fun God. We serve a creative God. We serve an amazing God. And when we walk in, it's like a family reunion. We haven't seen each other all week. We're exci- I'm excited to see Pedro. I'm excited to see Mark. I'm excited to see everybody in here. And, you know, here's the reality. How many people will say no to a party? Unless they're lame. No, I'm joking. They're not lame. I'm just like, like most people won't say no to a party. Most people won't say no to a cookout, to a barbecue. And listen, we make it easy for you here at Relevant Church. You notice how every month something happens that we do that we make a big deal out of? Superhero Sunday. Hey, easy way to invite somebody. Guess what? We're all going to be dressed up as superheroes. At your church? Yes, really, at my church. Like even the pastor? Yes, Wakanda forever. My pastor will be there dressed. Come check it out. So each month we try to make it easy for you. Five on five at the end of this month. Next month we've got Christmas Eve. Invite people to church. Invite everybody. We've got these invites sitting right out front. Grab a couple of invites. Invite a couple of friends. Invite a family member. and Drop these off somewhere. Point people to the podcast. When we replay the podcast during the week, this is an easy way to invite somebody. We're like, well, I don't know what you guys believe. It's cool. Go listen to the podcast. Pastor's not so bad after all. I was waiting for affirmation. No, I'm just joking. I'm just playing with y'all. I'm just playing with y'all. Pastors are so narcissistic. (laughs) Point number three, engage people. Engage others to participate in your regroup or research. But first, you got to be part of one. Ooh, did he just say that? 
Regroup or research team. Listen, engage people. So you, you, you've, in, you've initiated a conversation. You guys are talking now. Now you've invited them to come to church. Now that they've come to church, you're like, hey, listen, come, and, come, come be a part of my regroup. Come and serve with me. And maybe you just invite them to serve with you. One of the most awesome things that I've ever seen is our youth and how quickly they on-ramp their friends to serving with them. Listen, our youth are leading the charge when it comes to serving this house. I'm just thinking about Darius and Mason. Yeah, I'm talking about y'all. They were like, what? Did you say my name? Darius and Mason. Darius comes to church. His mom comes to church for the first time. Invites her entire family. Whole family gets baptized. Crazy. Darius brings Mason to church. Darius is serving for the first time. Guess what? He's like, bro, you're here to church with me. You're serving with me. Come on, let's do this. They're out there serving first impressions. I saw this with Alyssa and her homegirl. I show up to church and Alyssa is all in the front and she's waving. And I'm looking, I'm like, who's that person? She was like, hey, look at my friend. I invited her to serve with me. This is her first time there. She's holding up a sign. She's like, hi, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm here serving. Invite them, engage Engage with them. Ask them to participate in what you're doing. And you will be so surprised. Because many people will begin serving at a level that you had never, ever expected them to do when they walked into this house with your invite. You thought you just wanted somebody to come to church and you didn't know that they were going to become a pastor. You, you didn't know that somebody was going to be invited to church, uh, Sarah, and Allison was going to become our new re-kids coach. You didn't know that you were going to invite somebody to church and they stepped up and they're serving at a level that you would have never, ever imagined. Listen, you could be responsible for not only the eternity, but the earthly trajectory of somebody's life with one invite. One invite changes everything. I'm thinking about Zach Bowler. His brother receives a card in the mail to Relevant Church. And then he turns to his brother. This probably happened before, but I'm going to use it in this context so that it flows well with this illustration. His brother's like, you need Jesus. It could have happened before or after, but we're going to say that it happened afterwards. And Zach is like, cool, bet. I'll come to church with you. Zach shows up to church just hanging with his family. His mom, his stepfather, his brother's here, his niece is here. After being here a while, Zach takes part in a a three-month class that we do over the summer. A year later, Zach is getting ready to go to uh, pursue a master's in, in social work. He's intelligent, one of the most brilliant dudes that I know. I receive a phone call in California. He says, Pastor, I got something that I need to tell you, and I would need to ask your advice on it. What's going on, Zach? I don't think God is calling me to go into uh, the masters of social work. Oh, yeah, what's happening? I believe God has called me into ministry. Excuse me? So what do you plan on doing? Well, I'm just, I've dropped all the classes, and I'm just, I'm just waiting for where to go next. And so Zach now is enrolled in our 316 Academy, and he's going through ministry leadership training right now. One invite. His brother said, you need Jesus, come to church. And not only was he baptized, but now he's walking in the calling that God has for him. 
one invite can change somebody's life. Here, listen. Here's the bottom line. Quit waiting for people just to show up. God is on a mission to seek and save humanity. He's on a mission to go and gather his children that have been held by enemy captivity. And you and I are the recon team. He's dubbed us and he says, listen, I've given you full authority. I've given you through power, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. is the same power that is in the sound of your voice. Invite somebody. Initiate a positive conversation. Because the gates of hell will not prevail when you say, Jesus wants you home. So we've got to wait. We've got to quit waiting for people to show up. God is calling us to deliver the good news. And the good news is this. Hope is here. Jesus Christ has paid the price. There's nothing that should stand in your way of coming home. Thank you again for joining us on the Relevant Church Podcast. If this message has been impactful to you, let us know by sending an email to hello at thisisrelevant.cc. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing at given.thisisrelevant.cc. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more messages like this one.